the most on fire people at Church Unlimited. God loves them all equal, but we love you the most. The most passionate, the most faithful, the most spiritual. Get up early to seek Jesus and glorify Him, and you are that crowd. Hey, big uh, thank you. This is my home away from home. Uh, if there's any place that I want to go on a Sunday morning to preach, it's coming to see you all. And I can't tell you how much my family loves you, your pastors. Um, pastor Bill is the uh, most praying pastor I know, which is a big compliment because pastors should be prayerful. But I don't know anybody. Your pastor texts me a few times a year and says, I'm devoting the next three hours to pray just for you, which is impressive because I have a hard time praying three minutes straight. Do I have any other ADD prayers out there? I mean, I'm just telling you the truth. It's like I start praying, then I think about bread. You know, <laughs> my mind drifts. And uh, so we love your pastor so much and uh, so thankful for the ministry that you all have. And uh, we love it so much. Also, I think that your um, pastor uh, promised you that I would deliver a leadership thought just to the 8.30, like the 10 o'clock, they get nothing. They just get the word. <laughs> But you get, a, you, you get a little leadership thought. And so what I thought I would do, what's better than one leadership thought? And the answer is 100 leadership thoughts. So we have a QR code that's going to come up on the screen in a minute or three seconds or whatever. If, uh, if you have your phone, you want to pull it out right now and just take your camera and point it up there. Our uh, leadership podcast just celebrated 100 episodes, and we came up with 100 leadership thoughts. We'll give you a second to go ahead and grab that. And this is... Uh, I hope that you see yourself as a leader. If you don't see yourself as a leader, I'd like to sit down with you over coffee and tell you uh, what is leadership. Leadership is influence, and every single one of you have influence, right? You have influence for Jesus where you are. You have influence in your friends and your family, uh, and you are called to share that influence as a light of the world. So there's 100 leadership thoughts for the 8.30. 10 o'clock's on their own. They got nothing but the Bible, and so we're going to bring that your way. And... Uh, what I want to do is we're starting a new message series called Mind Monsters. First, I want to tell you that next week your pastor is going to bring um, a powerful word, and this is the kind of message you want to bring somebody to. Your pastor is going to talk about how to overcome depression. And I don't know about you, but I can battle with um, really dark thoughts at times, and especially in the last year, it's been tough for so many people. So that's the message you want to bring people to next week. And then your pastor is going to talk about um, battling with and defeating anxiety in the weeks to come. So this is one of those seasons in the church where we really need the Word of God, and I want to tell you what's coming so you can bring people next week. And what I want to do in my time with you is I want to um, share with you a tool that's really changed my life. And if I could give you one gift to help um, your spiritual journey, your mindset, it would be the gift of this tool. Uh, your pastor provided books for you. It, it is in the book in detail and winning the war in your mind, but I'm gonna give you a little bit of an overview today. Um, and I'll tell you, the battles that I have in my mind can be very real. I battle with all sorts of insecurities. How many of you feel insecure at times? Okay. I, even, even at this moment, I've been preaching for 30 years, I feel a little bit nervous preaching to you because I want to honor God's word, I don't want to mess it up. Um, the good news is I've improved so much. Back in the old days, I used to vomit in a garbage can before I preached. It's really gross. Blah! In Jesus' name, you know, and I would vomit in a garbage can. And I've improved over time with my experience um, and wisdom as an older minister. Now I just throw up in my mouth and I swallow it and I'm good to go. And so, it's the, 
And if you ever get nervous preaching or speaking somewhere, a little trick for you is this. What you do is, if you forget what you're going to say next, you just repeat the last thing that you said, and then you walk slowly back to your notes. You just repeat the very last thing that you said, and you walk slowly back to your notes. And it's a, it's a little tool that, that, that works really well in your communication style. And so, as um, very much like a lot of you, we have a lot of battles in our minds. And so a key thought for our talk today is this, that most of life's battles are won or lost in your mind. Most of the battles that we face will be won or lost in our mind. In other words, if you think you can't do something, you probably won't be able to do it. But if you have the faith that God will be with you, then you possibly can do what he's calling you to do. Uh, if you dwell on your problems, they will probably overwhelm you. But instead, if you look for solutions, you'll probably see some along the way. If you feel like a victim every day of your life, you will become a victim. But if you believe that you can overcome by the blood of Jesus, who makes you an overcomer, then you can overcome in life. Most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. In other words, the life that you have is often a reflection of the thoughts that you think. Our thoughts are so incredibly powerful. And what I want to do today is look at the thought process of the Apostle Paul, which he encourages me greatly, uh, because the Apostle Paul, if you look at him at times, he was crazy like the rest of us. If you read in Romans chapter 7, he literally sounds like a crazy man. He says, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. Who can deliver me from this body of death? He, he can tell that he's got this real battle in his mind. But as you watch his ministry and his relationship with Jesus progress, over time, he starts to win the war in his mind. And he literally teaches us how to do it. In fact, 2 Corinthians 10 will be our key text for the day. And in verses 3 and 4, he tells us this. He says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war. We're all in a war. Most battles are won or lost in the mind. We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, our weapons, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. They have divine power. The weapons we fight with, they are spiritual weapons. They are weapons of the kingdom of God. And the weapons that God gives us, they have the ability to demolish strongholds. Now, I'm guessing that most of you in your everyday language this week didn't say, hey, I've got a stronghold in my life. That's not a word that many of us use, but it's a very rich word that comes from the Greek word akamora. And what it is, is it means, it means a, um, a strong walled tower. Uh, in battle, a lot of times the um, one, one side would keep an enemy prisoner in a stronghold. Or if the, um, if the fortress was being attacked, the military leader would be put in the stronghold where they would be kept safe. Uh, in this context, a stronghold essentially means it's like a prisoner that's locked in a fortress of lies. What our spiritual enemy tries to do, what is Satan's greatest weapon against us? It is the lie. He is the father of lies. And he's going to tell you a lie over and over and over and over and over again to rob you of the truth that God wants you to live. Our weapons have the power to demolish those spiritual lies and those strongholds. And so what does our enemy do? Our enemy will tell you some lie over and over and over again until you believe the lie 
because most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. What will the devil tell you? Some version of this, like, you can't trust anybody. If you put your faith in somebody, they're going to let you down. Or whatever you try, you're never going to succeed. You're never going to be blessed financially. You're always going to be hurting paycheck to paycheck. You're never going to have any financial margin at all. Or you're never going to have a good marriage. You're never going to be blessed in a relationship with intimacy and trust and spiritual passion. Or the enemy will tell you, God doesn't hear your prayers. Someone else, if Pastor Bill prays, God may listen to him, but God's not going to listen. After what you've done, God's not going to answer your prayers. Or God doesn't care about you. He, he may love everybody, but you, you've been too bad for him. You're too far from him. Or you're never going to amount to anything. No matter what, your life is never, ever going to matter. Our spiritual enemy lies to us again and again. How do we do battle against those lies? Paul tells us in verse 5. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And what do we do? We take captive. Somebody say, we take captive. What do we take captive? We take captive every thought. Somebody say, every thought. Through the power of God, we take captive every thought, every single thought, any lie that is contrary to God's truth. We take it captive, and we make it obedient to Christ. Would you look at your neighbor and say, get your mind right? Get your mind right. I want to pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, over the next 20 or 25 minutes, would you, by the power of your word, God, help us get our minds right? God, for anyone who's been believing a lie and living in a spiritual stronghold, with the power and the truth of your word, set us free, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone agree, says? Amen. 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 All right, let's review. I'm going to review a lot more at the 10 o'clock because they're not nearly as smart as you, but we're going to keep it basic here, and we're going to, we're going to review. Um, what do we know about our lives? Our lives are almost always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. In other words, the life that we have is in many ways the reflection of the thoughts that we think. And what's interesting is Scripture says this, and science confirms it. God created science, amen? I, I, I like to read um, both. I love when I see science confirming what God's Word says. Uh, but cognitive behavioral psychology shows us the same thing that Scripture shows us. Uh, cognitive behavioral psychology shows that many relational challenges, like you can't get along with him and you're struggling with him, that many relational challenges, some eating disorders, some addictions, and even some forms of anxiety are a direct result of toxic thinking. It's a direct result of believing spiritual lies. And Scripture says it this way in the Old Testament, uh, Proverbs 23, verse 7, says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, what comes into your mind tends to come out in your life. No matter what you think, no matter what you have, no matter who you know, no, no matter what you buy, no matter where you live, no matter where you travel, you cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind. Your mind influences your life. And so here's a question that I want to ask you. And I want to give you a moment to think about it. And I'm going to tell you what my answer was to this question. If your life is almost always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, are you happy with the direction that your thoughts are taking you? Are your thoughts full of faith? Are your thoughts full of spiritual truth? 
Or are your thoughts often consumed with anxiety and worry and doubt and fear and negativity and even a self-critical mindset? Let me ask you and think about it. If your life is almost always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, are you happy with the direction that your thoughts are taking you? And when I asked myself that question several years ago, the answer was no. I didn't like the fact that I could preach faith but go home and have so much fear. I didn't like the fact that I could be, smile and put on a very uh, positive Christian uh, mood but go home and feel sad and depressed at times. If I looked at the direction my thoughts were taking me, they weren't taking me to where God wanted me to be. And so I entered into like a massive journey through uh, working with a, a counselor, performance psychologist, and identifying some of the unhealthy thought processes and taking God's word to realign my mind with truth. And what I'm gonna do is give you a real brief version that led me to the tool that I use that might be a tool that you might want to adopt in your own life to defeat those mind monsters. How many have a mind monster in your life right now? Let's just kick that thing out, cast them out in the name of Jesus, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, whatever, Ghostbusters, whatever you need to do. Let's just, <laughs> let's just bring it on, all right? So <clears throat> what I'm gonna do is um, ask you two questions, and hopefully this is something that in your small groups you'll discuss, and you can discuss over lunch, and you may even let God do a healing work in you. The first question is this, if we're talking about strongholds, those wrong um, mind thought processes where you're believing a lie, the first question would be this, what is the biggest stronghold that's holding you back? What is the lie that our spiritual enemy has been telling you that's robbing you from the life that Jesus wants you to have? What is the biggest stronghold holding you back? And what I would do is suggest that you focus on one. We all have like three, four, five, six, ninety thousand, but what I want you to do is focus on one. What is the biggest spiritual lie that's holding you back? And it's not always easy to determine that because we don't often know what we don't know. A lie believed as truth will affect you as if it were true. Some of us, we're believing a lie, and we don't even know it's a lie, so sometimes we have to dig down a little bit to recognize where the lie is. And for some of you, I'll go through a, a list just to get you thinking. You might think, um, I'll never be enough. I don't have what it takes. I'm always going to be inadequate. I'll never be a good enough mom. I'll never be a good enough provider. I'll never be enough. Some of you, the lie might be, your past is too bad. If they knew what you did, there's no way they would really love you or God could never use you after all that you did. Or maybe you think, I'll always be in a job that I hate. You know, I didn't get the education that I needed, I'm too young or I'm too old or I'm too inexperienced or I'm too whatever. I'll, I'll never have a job with benefits, I'll never be in a job where I feel fulfilled and make a difference. Or maybe you think I'll never get out of debt. I'm always gonna be hurting financially. Or I, I, I'll always struggle with my weight or I'll never be happy with the way I look. Those are some examples of where you might find yourself locked in a prison of lies. Here's the problem. Every time we think a thought, that thought creates a neurochemical change in our body called a neural pathway. This is how God created us. Uh, our brain has billions of pathways in our minds. 
And if you imagine this, if you like walk down into your front yard, if you've got grass in your front yard, and let's say there's a sidewalk that goes to your driveway, if you walk across the, path, the grass every single day, day after day, week after week, year after year, what's going to happen is you're going to create a pathway across your grass. There's going to be kind of some dirt there. Well, this is what happens in our minds. If we think a thought that is not true, but we think it enough, we're creating a pathway in our mind with little resistance, and we just believe the lie. The more often we think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought, which is great news if we're thinking God truth, but it's really, really bad news if we're believing the lie. And if you've thought for years and years, I'll never be enough, I'll always be inadequate, I'm never going to be close to God, I'll never have a good relationship, and you thought that day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, you've created a strong neural pathway where it's easy to think that lie again and again and again. It's a stronghold. We're stuck in a rut of spiritual lies. It's not God's truth. It is a lie. And if we have these negative thoughts over and over and over again, what do we do? We have to capture those negative thoughts. We have to stay off of that wrong pathway, and we have to create a new pathway of truth. We're creating new neural pathways. We are renewing our minds with truth. So the first question, and in order to find victory in this, is you have to identify what is it? What is that biggest stronghold that's holding you back? I'll, I'll never be able to be free of pornography. I, I'm always going to be addicted to this. I could never have a relationship that really matters because of my sexual past. I'm always going to feel insecure. Everywhere I am, I'm always going to feel less than. What I want you to do is name one, name one, name one. You cannot defeat what you do not define. Define what that one lie is that's holding you back. And we're going to start there with one. I'm going to tell you what mine was. And then the next question is this. You're going to ask yourself, what truth demolishes that stronghold? What truth from God's word brings freedom in your life? Because it was Jesus who said in John 8, 32, and you will know the what? He said, and you will know the truth. And what will the truth do? The truth will set you free. We are in a bond. We're in prison of lies. Lies deceive. Lies destroy. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that you may have life, and the truth will set you free. Satan wants you bound up in a stronghold of lies, and Jesus wants you to know the truth in your mind, and the truth will set you free. I'll tell you a story to illustrate um, where many of you are living, and this is where I was living as well. Um, we have a church now that meets in 37 locations. Um, we have a central organization that kind of runs the whole thing. And in um, central, we decided to have this game just to keep us bonded because we're on all different floors. We had a game called Capture the Flag. We had one flag, and um, the enemy would take it, and the enemy was us, but they'd take it, and then we'd go and attack and capture the flag. Well, it got so violent, we had a couple of people have to go to the hospital, so we had to, all in the name of glorifying Jesus, you know, it was, it was, it was holy violence, and that's a joke. So we, we had to create some rules to keep the game safe, and one of the rules was no hitting, no attacking, no choking people out, stuff like that, no physical contact, and another rule was you couldn't attack an enemy flag before 8 in the morning because we had people like coming in at 2 in the morning like ninjas and, you know, coming in to get it, whatever. And so one day I came in to the office about 7 a.m. I was the first one there, I thought. And I was walking into the room, and I don't know if it was like the Holy Spirit or my spidey senses or whatever, 
but I just sensed danger, danger. I could just sense it, danger. And so it's a crazy story, true story. I walked up to a closet thinking there could be an enemy in the closet, and I opened it up, and sure enough, Pastor Kevin Penry was in the closet, <laughs> waiting patiently for the 8 o'clock hour to come in and attack my flag. I don't know if he got there at 2 in the morning or stayed all night, but he was in the closet. And so immediately I slammed the door to the closet, and I put my foot on the door just to lock him in. And I, I said, you're going to spend the whole day in this closet. And I reached over, and I found an office chair. I grabbed a chair, and I jammed it under to lock him in. And I told him, I'm jamming a chair, locking you in, and you're not going to get out. Well, unfortunately, the chair wasn't big enough. And so I just bluffed. Again, that is lying, but it was wholly lying because it was done in the name of, of good, clean fun. And so I said, you know, I said, the chair's under there, and you're locked in. Well, the chair didn't fit and he wasn't locked in. So Pastor Kevin believed my lie and just stood in the closet, completely unlocked, crying, let me out, let me out, this isn't fair. <clears throat> the closet was never locked. It was never locked. God is my witness. If he were here, he could tell you this. He never once tried to unlock the door. I had an 8 a.m. premarital counseling class, um, uh, uh, counseling session. I went into my office and I had a, uh, a little, uh, fiance, two fiancés in there. Um, and about 15 minutes into our session, I heard something in the ceiling tile above me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pastor Kevin had scaled the shelves in the wall, gotten up into the ceiling tile. The door was unlocked. He never once tried to open the door. And if I could just give you a very loose parallel, is some of you are in a closet believing a lie that the devil told you the door is locked and Jesus has opened the door. The, tr the truth will set you free. There is, there is a truth that is in God's word with your name on it and you're believing a lie stuck behind a door that is not locked. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So what is that biggest stronghold that's holding you back? What is the spiritual truth in Scripture that will set you free? And I'll give you some examples. Like maybe you think, I just can't get it all done. Maybe I'm a single mom or, you know, whatever it is. There's so much. I can't get it all done. And you might look at Scripture that says, no, through the power of Jesus, I have everything I need to do, everything that he calls me to do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And when I'm weak and overwhelmed, his power is made perfect in me. That's, that's your truth. That's your truth. You, you might think, um, I'm not attractive. I don't like the way I look. And your truth would be, no, by the power of God's word, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. You, you might feel like I'm always going to be miserable. I'm always going to be unhappy. I'm just weak and broken. No, your truth might be the joy of the Lord, not your own happiness, but the joy of the Lord is your strength in all that you do. You may feel all alone right now. You may even have people around you, and yet you feel all alone. How many of you know that sometimes the loneliest place is in a bad relationship, right? Don't raise your hand because you might be sitting next to that person. <laughs> but you can be lonely in a bad relationship. And your truth is, my God will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He is always with me, and he loves me more than I can imagine. 
what is a lie and what is the truth. And let's look again at what we do with Scripture. Here's what we do, is we demolish arguments. We demolish them. We vanquish them. We destroy them. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and what do we do? Let's say it aloud. What do we do? We take captive. What do we take captive? We take captive every thought, and what do we do with it? We make it obedient to Christ. The, the Greek word that's translated as take captive is a really cool word. It's a war term. It's a war term. And essentially what it means is it means to capture with a sword. I like this. Because when you think about the sword, if you look at um, in Ephesians chapter 6, the armor of God, um, what do we have? We have a helmet of salvation. That's a defensive um, uh, uh, tool. We have the breastplate of righteousness. That's defensive. We have the shield of faith. That's defensive. We have the belt of truth. That's just good to hold your pants up. Uh, we have, we have, when you look at all of the different weapons, uh, they're all defensive except for one, which is what? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the Word of God. The Word of God is our only offensive weapon. We take captive. We fight against the lies with the sword of truth, the living Word of God. What I want to do is just invite you to, get, to be very practical, to name whatever the lie is, to replace it with the truth of God, and to come up with what I would call a faith confession or a faith declaration. What that is for you, that is the declaration that will bring freedom in your life. And I'm going to give you some examples of what you could do. And all of this is in the free book that your pastor provided for you, so you don't have to write it down. But maybe you're worried all the time. What I want you to do is write something that's meaningful to you. I'm always worried. I'm always afraid. There's so much chaos in the world. Is this the end times? Are they going to take over? Are they coming for me? Whatever it is, okay? You always worried. My kids, what's going to happen to them? I'm so worried. And your statement might go like this. Because of Christ, I'm not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my mind. And that's yours. That's your one truth. And then what you do is you say it over and over and over again until you're creating a new neural pathway. You're breaking out of the stronghold, and day after day, week after week, month after month, you're creating a new path of truth. Because of Christ, I'm not anxious about anything. I cast my cares upon him because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling in my mind. That's scripture personalized to a spiritual truth. Maybe you're freaked out about what's God's will for my life. You know, maybe should I go to this college, that college, marry this person, that person, date this person, pay off this, whatever. Here's your confession, something like this. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he directs my steps. I know his voice and he leads me to his perfect will. You say it again and again. Maybe you lack confidence. You walk into a room, you always feel less than, you always feel insecure. And your statement might be this. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. Because his spirit lives in me, I can do everything he calls me to do. And you say it again and again. And then what you're going to do is you're going to write it, write it down. Then you're going to think it. And then you're going to confess it until you believe it. We're going to write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Write it, think it. Confess it until you believe it. Say it with me. Write it, think it, confess it until you... We're going to write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. So science would say that you are essentially rewiring your brain. 
God would say, you're renewing your mind. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So for me, my ongoing stronghold has always been um, feeling inadequate. I, I mean, I remember being a little kid and feeling like I'm not going to measure up. And so if you look at my life, you'll see um, everything I do is trying to prove that inner insecurity wrong. I'll try to be you know, the best at whatever sport, or I'll try to be good in school, or I'll try to get you to like me by being a people pleaser or whatever. And I always feel inadequate, and it haunts me. As you can imagine, as a pastor, my sermon's never good enough. Um, if I give my best to the church, then I'm failing as a husband. I'm not being a great dad. If I'm giving my best as a husband and a dad, then I'm, not, I'm letting the people down. And ultimately, I'm letting God down. So my spiritual truth is from Scripture, and it's this, that God's divine power, His power, not my ability, but God's divine power has given me everything I need for life and godliness. That's Scripture. That's my, my truth. God's divine power has given me everything I need. I may not have it, but He has it for me. And so what I've done is I've taken my deepest insecurities and I created a list of faith declarations. You want to hear those? They're, they're, two of you do. So I'll, I'll do it for the two of you. The rest of you, you can, just, you can go to 10 next week if you want to, but I'm going to give it to the, the people that want it. And, and these are a reflection of my own weaknesses, and I'm going to share these with you. And so for probably five years, I have written them, I have thought them, I have confessed them, and I am now believing them. It takes time to renew your mind. If you've been believing a lie for 15 years, it's not like one day, now I believe God's truth. What you're doing is you're defeating the lies of the enemy and you're replacing them with the truth of God. And so these are very personal to me, but this is what I declare daily in my life. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife and I lay down my life to serve her. My children will love God and serve him with their whole hearts. I'll nurture, equip, train, and empower them to do more for his kingdom than they can imagine. I am disciplined. I say this because I don't feel disciplined. Do you see what I'm doing here? Okay. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I'm growing closer to Jesus every day. Because of Christ, my family is closer, my body is stronger, my faith is deeper, my leadership is sharper. I am creative, innovative, driven, focused, and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. I develop leaders. It's not something I do, it's who I am. I bring my best and then some. It's what I do after I bring my best that makes the difference. The world will be different and better because I serve Jesus today. What's the stronghold? And what's the truth? The truth will set you free. Because listen, most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. The life that you have for most, in most cases, is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. If you don't control what you think, you'll never control what you do. So I'm about to hand this off to your pastor to pray with you, but I'm gonna give you what I call a prayerful declaration that is true of you. All this is in the book. If you want to read it, write it down. Make it your own. It's, it's, it's your gift to renew your mind. But here is what I declare is truth to you. For those of you that are in Christ and those of you that are not, you get a chance to be in just a moment. 
for those of you that are in Christ, here's who you are. You are strong and mighty. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. You are a weapon of righteousness in a dark world. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are. He says you're forgiven. He says you're redeemed. He says you're free. Worry is not your master. The Lord is your helper. You will not be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits. You're not a prisoner to an addiction. You have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought in the kingdom of God's light. You are empowered. You are chosen. You are called. Your God will bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Your God is for you. Your God is with you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Not death, not demons, not the present, not the past. No power on earth will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Pastor Craig Rochelle. Come on. Let's take a moment right now, all of our churches and bow our heads, every head bowed, their eye closed. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for making this 830 hour such an incredible success. Thank you. I think God has showed up. Do you agree? I think God is clearly speaking to us right now in this moment. Have you given your life to Christ? Have you trusted your life in his hands? That's what he meant when he said, are you in Christ? If not, we're going to give you that opportunity right now. You can receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. It's not complicated. It's not supposed to be. It's actually very simple. It's simple faith. And so right now, if you've never given your life to Jesus, just pray this prayer with me. You can just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With every head bowed and every eye closed right now across all of our churches, those who are watching online, if you just gave your life to Christ, would you just lift your hand high? No one's looking around. Just lift your hand high. If you just gave your life to Christ, thank you. There are hands going up all across our campuses right now. Just lift your hand high. You're not alone. Just lift your hand high. Praise God. Thank you. We see that hand. Praise God. People giving their lives to Christ. Praise God right now. Thank you. We see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God is moving right now. Praise God. Hold that hand high. Thank you. Thank you for giving your life to Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for a powerful word. Thank you, Lord, that we no longer need to believe lies. We demolish those lies, those arguments. The devil's always arguing with us, trying to tell us what, how worthless we are. But God, you say who we are in Christ, and we believe you, God. Thank you for your truth. Thank you, Lord, for this word today that is setting us free. And Lord, thank you for what you're doing in this place. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.